Food bloggers, hi, how are you today? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Eat Blog Talk podcast. This is the place for food bloggers to get information and inspiration to accelerate your blog's growth and ultimately help you to achieve your freedom, whether that's financial, personal, or professional. I'm Megan Porta, and I've been a food blogger for over 12 years. I understand how isolating food blogging can be at times. I'm on a mission to motivate, inspire, and most importantly, let each and every food blogger, including you, know that you are heard and supported. This episode, you guys, is so good and so important to listen to. Cynthia talks about limitations and she has a physical limitation, but we talk in the episode about how all of us have limitations on some level and how blogging can be really hard with limitations. So we talk through ways to overcome our limitations and to deal with them and have grace and implement self-care and all the things that we should be doing in order to move forward in our lives and businesses. This is something that we don't talk about enough. I think this is such an important conversation. So enjoy it. Listen to it in its entirety. It is episode number 395 and it is sponsored by Rank IQ. Eblog Talk is here to support you at every stage of your food blogging journey to help you accelerate your blog's growth so you can achieve your freedom. We offer many services that will help get you on the right path no matter where you're at in your journey. Don't forget to check out our free discussion forum at forum.eblogtalk.com. Go there to connect with like-minded peers, to learn and to grow, and to share any wins that you have. Our signature service is our mastermind program. We are currently accepting waitlist submissions for 2024. So if you want to get on the list for this year-long experience starting in January 2024, definitely do that now. If you are not quite ready for that investment, the Mini Minds program might be for you. It is a six-month program that will help you achieve your goals and overcome any obstacles that are holding you back. And if you're up for getting together in person with some like-minded food bloggers, consider coming to one of our in-person retreats in 2023. This is a great way to get to know your fellow food bloggers really well in an intimate setting to learn a ton about food blogging in a short time frame and to eat some delicious food that you will never forget. Go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash services to get all the information about all of our services. Cynthia Christensen is a professional baker and cook who has transitioned to running a breakfast and brunch focused blog. She also does freelance recipe development for larger online magazines. She runs private chef events and she also does occasional food photography. Hello, Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Good. Do you have a fun fact to share with us before we get into this awesome topic? People joke that I've led such a weird, eclectic life that I should write a book, but we'll start with, I once got to sing with Luciana Pavarotti. What? <laughs> How and when? That's amazing. I was a member of the junior opera in Denver way back in the dark ages. And my choral director took us to see Luciano Pavarotti and he got us backstage. Luciano was just as big a presence as you would imagine. And he asked if anyone wanted to sing for him. And I am and have always been that person who will just raise your hand because I'm uncomfortable when nobody else volunteers. Yes. It's actually how I met my husband. Um, not that day, but another time like that. 
I raised my hand and I sang to, for him and I did not die and I did a good job. Oh my gosh. That's Sometimes so cool. you just have to go in with things and say, this is not going to be the thing that kills me and just do it. So, oh, yes, right. And most of the time it's not going to kill you and you're going to walk away with a good experience, a good story, and yes, all good things, right? Oh, that's me. Love that <laughs> just so much. And you mentioned that. You have, I don't know what you called it. You said your friends say that you should write a book. Is that right? Is, did you just say that? Yes, I have led a life. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, I have, I just turned 60. So I'm also an older blogger, which is something that I actually bring a lot of experience. So I don't think of it as a, as a detriment. I think of it, wow, I have so much life experience that I can impart into my blog. And yeah, I just I just do it all if I if I want to. <laughs> Raise your hand when you feel led. So, I want to hear about your story because you have I mean, I've just been literally only been talking to you for 5 minutes, but I already want to know more because you just seem like <laughs> such an interesting person and I want to get to know you. So, can you talk through your story so I know that you were you were a cook and then you you're also a food blogger? And then a baker. You have all of the stuff that you've dabbled in. Well, I was also, I was a nurse. And a nurse? Oh, my gosh. I met my husband before I went to nursing school. I was his calculus tutor. And um, he wow. made fun of me for raising my hand all the time. <laughs> but then when he needed a tutor, who did he look for? Yeah. That's yes, right. right there in front of him. <laughs> okay, so talk through your story a little bit. We want to hear about all of this awesome stuff. In I that. was a nurse. And um, we, we were living here in New Jersey. And after 9-11, we, my oldest daughter was coming to college in Oregon, where my brother lived. So we said, let's just all go. So we did. And while there, I, I tried to find what I wanted to do. I didn't want to do nursing anymore because I had been a hospice nurse. And it's a lot. So I became a volleyball coach. I did a medical transcription business. And then I fell into one day, I rented an entire storefront and opened a bookstore. I came home, told my family, wow. guess what? So <laughs> that's so cool. We did that for a long time. And then we moved back to New Jersey to help out with my husband's family. And I was managing a large chain bookstore. And one day just, I'd always loved to cook. I had started putting my recipes on a little app that my, I can't even remember what it's called, kitchen something, but my kids could get the recipes with a little online link. And then one day I left the job. I just had an epiphany that I wanted to bake. I don't oh. know why. <laughs> I was afraid of it. I was afraid of baking. So I wanted to bake. So I applied at five different places and I got offered two jobs as a beginning baker. So I worked as a night baker at a at James Beard nominated bakery here on the Jersey Shore. And partway through that, I found out that I have a condition and it's called avascular, avascular necrosis which is literally means I wasn't getting blood flow to my joints in my hips. Oh. So I had to undergo a hip replacement. So I did that and three weeks later was back in the bakery because I just thought I could do it and I didn't want to lose this job. I loved it so much. I would bake anywhere between 200 and 600 pastries every morning by 6 a.m. and loved it. Yes, just everything. Cinnamon rolls, sticky buns, three different kinds of croissants, two or three scones, endless brioche, bundt cakes, full sheet crumb cakes, muffins, frittatas. Oh gosh, yum. Starting at, I flicked on the ovens at two in the morning and by six I had them all out. 
Wow. And unfortunately, a year and a half in, my second hip went. So I stopped the job and, you know, I, I told them I had to go and I was going to do prehab, which is to strengthen that joint before the surgery. Mm. And I was like, you know, I really want to cook again. And so on a whim, I DM'd on Instagram a local restaurant called Heirloom Kitchen that is owned by a couple of people, including one person who was a top chef, Dave Viana. And I said, I'd really love to cook with you. Um, I want a stage, which is interning. And um, he took me on. Wow. I loved it. I, I was amazing. I worked with the pastry chef. I worked with the savory chefs. It was a collaborative environment. And all this time, I'm still, I'm trying to blog a little bit. You know, I now have gotten a WordPress blog. I've started putting recipes online, not knowing anything that I'm doing, just thinking, <laughs> tell a funny story, put up a recipe, and everyone's going to come running. Spoiler, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but my kids thought it was amazing. <laughs> and, you know, there's a lot of difficulties with this hip. I continue to work for Chef Dave. I work with, I ended up working at the New York City Wine and Food Festival with a number of great chefs just through not just assuming the answer was going to be yes. That's kind of like mm -hmm. my motto. So I would just say, hey, I'm friends with this person and they know you and I would love to do this with you. Could I join you? Yes. And then next thing I know, I'm doing catering events and I'm I, I'm doing photography for the Pat LaFrieda website. I'm bluffing my way through this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, started really after my second hip surgery and two more revision surgeries I had to have. I decided to take the blog seriously. Like, Maybe I'm not gonna be able to get back on the line again. Maybe it's too hard to stand there for 10 hours as much as I love it. And so I did an audit with Casey Markey and he told me, wow, this is cute. Here's what we really need to mm -hmm. do. And I niched down my blog. So it's now it's butfirstweebrunch.com and it's a breakfast and brunch blog. Love because, that um, niche. That's such a great one. Well, you know, it it came about because of the pandemic. My husband is an emergency room nurse and he was going in and sometimes not coming home for 18 hours, working six days a week, seven if they needed him. Yikes. And the only time that we saw him was in the morning. So I, I was never really a big breakfast person, but I was like, well, I need to start feeding him something that we can have as a family meal. And it became breakfast. He would leave at 10 a.m. and me to get home at 2, 3 in the morning and get up and do it again. So every day that was our thing was to have breakfast. And so that became my blog. So that's what I do. I, I, I blog. And, you know, over time, as I've been dealing with my decreased mobility, you know, through having physical therapy and fatigue and all the things that go along with all of these surgeries that I've had, and I have a couple more to do, I've developed a set of ways to help me both mentally and physically to do my job that I love so much. And so that's what I'm here to talk with you about. I Okay. Your story is amazing. I have so many things I wrote down that I would love to talk to you about. We <laughs> might not have time for them all today, literally, but I don't even know where to start. So I just want to say that you have some physical limitations, but this can also be like any limitation. We were talking before we recorded a little bit, just how this can be like you have children and you don't have much time. That can be a limitation. Or maybe you have 
more of a like mental disability or maybe you have what are some other examples like there's so many things that this like limitation can be it doesn't have to be a physical disability there are times when i am going through this process and i am just physically exhausted but i don't want to just sit at the same time i want i want to do but you're physically or sometimes mentally sometimes it's an issue with motivation or with depression because that can come hand in hand with having physical disabilities or limitations and so i find it has helped for me to um, make a fluid goal sheet meaning things aren't written in stone i'm not writing in ink i am these are the things i want to accomplish this month and maybe I'll get all of them done. Maybe I won't, but this is the schedule, the tentative schedule that I'm going to follow. And I allow myself breaks. I allow myself to take time to schedule actual rest breaks, to set things up, to make them easier for me to do things. I have a whiteboard on my refrigerator to remind me the things that I wanted to cook this week, what I need to photograph, but I allow myself the grace to not always get that done. And it's taken time, but to not feel guilty about not getting it done. Mm. That's the thing with, I think a lot of people, a lot of women is that if we don't get it all done, we feel guilty about it. We berate ourselves and it's okay to not always get it all done. It's actually good sometimes to not get it all done. It is really good. So some of the things I do is I try and keep, I try and do my recipes and you'll there's a progression in my in my recipe writing where there sometimes are recipes that have a lot of steps. And I tell you, this can be done two days ahead. This can be prepared the night before. You can make this and freeze it. And you can have this a month down the road when you're tired, but you want to serve waffles to your family. You can freeze them and pop them into mm. your waffle maker and they're just brand new. So I try, I've been trying to make my recipes so that if you are physically challenged or you are have chronic fatigue or you have children or you're busy working outside of the home, you can still have delicious food and you aren't going to necessarily feel overwhelmed. I'm trying to break it down and make it achievable for everybody. Because hmm. if I can achieve it, I think you can achieve it. Yeah. And that makes you so relatable, I'm sure, to your audience you have limitations and I feel like we all have limitations on some level. So that breaking it down like that just makes you a relatable blogger. Yeah. I, I don't think I have a lot of people who have physical limitations that follow me, but I don't know. I, I don't talk about it. Right. This is the first time I've really talked about it. I don't mention it much on my blog or on my Instagram stories or anything. I think I have a broken finger right now that everyone knows about <laughs> <laughs> because I've been seeing how many recipes can I make with one hand? Oh my gosh. And you know what? There's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. And that too, that just brought something else to mind. So you could have a temporary physical limitation, like a broken bone or a, even like a, my husband just went through like all of these foot surgeries. He couldn't walk for <laughs> periods of time. So that could be a limitation as well. Mm -hmm. Even though it's not permanent, it's still, it's real and it's going to affect your life. So I have, yeah, I've gone up with things like shopping is difficult for me. It can be a lot. So I, I enlist my husband when I can. I shop smaller stores, like I'll go to Lidl or Aldi because it's a smaller footprint and it's easier to get through. I have given up the guilt on occasionally using Instacart. I'm okay with it. Yeah. Sometimes I just can't. 
So somebody does for me and that's okay. You know, I try and do, if I can, the mise en place or the prep of all of my ingredients, if I can, the day before, if not, a couple of hours ahead of time, if possible, and then put them away in the refrigerator and rest. I utilize a sheet tray a lot, not just for cooking. I will, if I have to go do shots of something and I need props or I need to do an ingredient shot, everything goes on a sheet tray and goes to where I need to take the picture, where my light is so that I can cart it easily. For a while there, I couldn't carry things, but I have a rolling cart. Things go on the rolling cart and they move. Just, you know, determination to get it done. Yeah. But also to give myself grace. Finding those little things that are going to make your life easier, like the tray, that's brilliant. It's such a little thing, but it's going to be such a huge help. So do you put a lot of thought into like the process of blogging, for example, ahead of time? Do you sit down and like write out like what can make my life easier? Do you just kind of make tweaks as you go? Things have progressed over time. My husband can't figure out why I have certain things in certain drawers at the counter. And it's because that's where this left hand grabs, this right hand grabs. I don't have to turn in circles. Uh Blogging itself, I use a template that Casey Markey helped me with. And a lot of it is stuff that I did myself. So that when I'm actually going in to write the blog post, it used to take me hours. But now, because I use this template that is flexible, I change it all the time for each recipe. It might change a little bit, but I have a basic outline of what I need to include so that because sometimes brain fog hits you. Sometimes you just you're blank, but I have this template. So I'm always able to get in there and do it. Oh gosh, there's so many directions I could take this. I'm just intrigued by all of this. So (laughs) let's talk about, can we talk about fatigue? Because I think that's something that a lot of us feel, especially during certain seasons. My mother just passed away a few months ago and I feel like I never anticipated being so tired after something like that, like how tiring grief can be. I had no idea. Absolutely. So I feel like I'm dealing with that right now. So I I could use your help on that. (laughs) You know, as as I told you, I was a hospice nurse and we did a lot of condolence calls. And so we would help people. They would, you know, having someone that you can talk to, I would take, I can't even tell you how many phone calls at two o'clock in the morning from a spouse or even a child or a mother who had lost someone and just needed someone to talk to. So if you have someone that you can talk to, reach out. I told you before we started recording, I had therapy this morning just before this. Um, So I had a great mind frame when I started. So someone to talk to, understanding that it's okay sometimes to be sad. I have sad days. There are days when I pour pitiful me, why me? And then, you know, I try to think about, I love myself that day. You know, I allow myself to have the days where I'm sad. And then other days where I persevere because I know that I can, that I know that my loved one will want me to. Yes, yes. You know, just because you carry on and just because you do things and just because you smile or you're happy or you achieve things doesn't mean you're any less sad that you don't have that person yeah. with you, you know, and it's it's okay to, they would not want you to be sad, Yeah. but to understand that sometimes you are going to be sad and that's okay. It's okay. So like I said, it's about giving ourselves grace. Mm. And especially if you have a business, I have a lot of things that I do in my business. So I've had to really be gracious with myself and just say, like, there are weeks, even now, it's been over three months that I just don't want to 
do everything (laughs) and to just be able to say to myself, it's okay this week to not do everything that you normally do. Just chill a little bit and go through the process. I think that's really important. Even if it's not grief, even if it's just life, like if it's winter and you struggle with depression or I don't know, whatever it is, just to have that, give yourself that time that you need and to recognize that sometimes it's just going to happen. You know, when my kids were small and we owned a bookstore, I was there seven days a week, the first five years from we had a the sign on the door actually said 908 in the morning until 510 or thereabouts because it was, you know, oh. a family books or some, for some reason we were always eight minutes late. But anyway, <laughs> that's funny. So I actually put it on the front door that we opened at 908. <laughs> so, but I worked every single day and except once in a while. And my daughter, and I just talked about this a few days ago, once every like six weeks or two months, I just couldn't. I was just, I, I just would sleep until one o'clock in the morning or one o'clock in the afternoon. And so we started doing like once a quarter to, to help all of us, me and the girls would do a Zen day. We would, we would schedule a day off. We, they would not go to school. I would not go to work. I had a part-timer who would come in and open the store for me. And we would eat ice cream and chocolate and cake and watch Disney movies and mom would sleep and my youngest daughter would lay across my head because it would help my migraine. And we were just, you know, we had a scheduled day. And I have to tell you, the other day, I kind of did my own Zen day. You know, my husband accidentally closed my finger in a car window. So that's broken. He is in the emergency room. So he was able to fix it. Um, (laughs) Went to his emergency room. And then, thank you, he gave me a cold. I'm not COVID. I tested. So now, yesterday, he was at work. It was my first day since the broken thing as I was alone. And you know what I did? I laid here in, in a chair. I watched Southern Charm all day. Yes. I ate. I, I can't extol the virtues of a mixture of hot and fiery Cheetos and Cheetos <laughs> cheese puffs in the same bowl. The combination perfect. That's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) I ordered a Philly cheesesteak from a local sub shop and I did nothing and I feel great about it. Yeah. No, zero guilt. Yeah. That's it right there is doing that, allowing that for yourself and not feeling the guilt, just letting it go. Like not seeing it as something you need to feel guilty about, but seeing it as something that you need, your soul needs it. So I needed that yesterday. And then, you know, I'm ready to hit the ground running. And that's a form of self-care, just giving yourself those days or those, even I swear sometimes I need a week or more. I just think about my business so much that every once in a while, I just need a break, like a a long break. Right. As someone who owned a small business, I totally get that because it consumes you. It does. Your every thought. It's not a nine. When you own your own business, it's not nine to five. And that's the same with blogging, you know? I'm always thinking about what am I going to write? What did I do? What can I update? Did I do these photos? That needs an update. You know, there's always something. There is always something. Do you need help navigating Google Analytics? Maybe you specifically need to understand how to set up and use GA4 
and use your Google Search Console to its fullest potential. Sign up for the virtual workshop put on by Tastemaker that dives into these topics. There will be four expert speakers to provide valuable information that will help you get the most out of GA4 and GSC. The workshop takes place live on Zoom on April 21st from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. EST. Limited spots are available. Be sure to join the waitlist to get first access to these tickets. Go to eblogtalk.com forward slash resources and scroll down to the orange button underneath the Tastemaker logo for more information and to sign up. So what else, what other forms of self-care do you implement in your life? So aside from just recognizing those days and taking them, what else do you do? You know, my husband and I started going to the movies, which we didn't do very much beforehand. He claimed he didn't like movies. To go to the movies, he wanted to stay home and relax because he's he's out in the emergency room dealing with human beings yeah. all the time. So he wants to stay home. But we, I joined the movie club at the local theater and I was like, we're going to the movies. And so... You know, he's worried about, you know, infections. So we go to like the 1130 showing and then we go out for lunch. So we always have our Sunday date. You know, we'll watch shows together that we like. I have to tell you, my relaxation is cooking. But sometimes it's nice to cook something that doesn't have to be pretty. Right. You know, I'm not going to take a picture of this. My husband's like, aren't you going to take a picture? I'm like, no, I'm going to eat it. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a huge one right there because we get so, I know I did for years. I was so into taking pictures of absolutely everything I made because I felt like it was efficient. But so, mm-hmm. but that's why we get into food blogging is because a lot of us love cooking. And then we lose we the joy forget. for it because it becomes such a chore. So over time, we're like, wait a second, why am I doing this? So just to separate yourself a little bit. Isn't it nice to sometimes eat hot food? Yes, it is lovely to eat hot food. (laughs) Where the cheese is still melty. I mean, that's amazing. So, yeah. Right. So we do that. Having our daughters over. We have two grown daughters that live here, one that's still in Oregon. So having them over. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, there's not a lot of walking right now for me. Right. I just had a knee surgery in October. Probably not walking on that then, but it could be walks outside. I mean, if you did have a healthy knee, it could be walks outside. That's great for me when it's Mm -hmm. not winter. You mentioned your daughters as self-care. I love that because I sometimes in the evening, if I'm just grumpy or just, you know, full of work and just need to clear my mind, my self-care is getting my boys on the couch and sitting between them and just watching a movie. That is huge for me. Yes, and whatever food you want. Yes, right. <laughs> Indulgences occasionally are definitely needed. Yes. Yeah. So how do you do you schedule your weeks as far as your blogging and your work goes? I do. So I try to get a blog post up and an email out to everyone every Thursday morning, sometimes every other. Like right now, I'm doing every other week since the knee surgery. So I try and do my cooking and my photography on the weekend if I can. I also do some freelance recipe writing for a couple of online magazines. So I'll try and do theirs on the weekend. I do my writing usually on Monday and Tuesday. And I, you know, all the, you know, editing all the photos is Monday and writing the blog post is Tuesday. And so I try and space it out so that I don't get, you know, mentally fatigued as well. And 
and sitting in front of the computer can be just as physically taxing. Oh, right. Yeah. So I try and break it up a little bit. So I, I try to have this little schedule. Wednesday, I do the final edit. I write the newsletter and then I let it go out on its own on Thursday morning. And then Thursday, I do nothing. Thursday is my day. Ooh, you know, I that. turned in my assignment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my day off. That's great. I think that's important too. I know it's hard, especially when you're trying to get your blog off the ground and get into an ad network and all of that to take a day a week, but to reserve mostly one day, I think is good. Like maybe you can do, maybe you can do work without necessarily scheduling everything you're going to do. Do you know what I mean? Like having a loose, I think you used this word earlier, fluid approach to one day a week so that you're not feeling pressure feeling that structure. Right. So I just, you know, I try to have, this is the schedule that I try to do. Sometimes the rest, sometimes the email goes out on Friday and that's okay. And I don't get upset about it. It's okay. Yeah. I don't think anyone is sitting at their email waiting for 7am on Thursday to show, see why <laughs> email is it? pop yeah. into their inbox. I don't think that I no one's written me yet and said, <laughs> where was it? So I think we're all going to be okay. So sometimes it's a day late. It just depends on how everything's going, you know? Yeah. About a year ago, I just had this feeling like I needed to start reserving Fridays just for that, just to flew a day. Like if I want to work fine, I sometimes do work. If not, great. So I started taking every meeting that I was scheduling on Fridays and moving it to another day. I never schedule calls on Fridays. I always have it blank and like I said, some Fridays I sit in my office and I do work, but I do what I want on Fridays. Right. That's important. And I had to, but I had to set myself up for that. It wasn't like an overnight thing. I had to do that over time, but it's been really beneficial for my mental well being. Absolutely. You know, when you're dealing with physical limitations, we talked, I talked about this in therapy this morning to like I, I, I always say, give yourself grace. I say that a lot to myself, even. I used to feel so guilty about not doing. I think it comes from having, um, my mother was a Korean immigrant and never sat still, was constantly moving. My uncles had two or three jobs. You know, if you weren't doing, you were lazy. Mm -hmm. And so that just sticks in your head that uh, I'm being lazy. But it's okay to give yourself some grace and say, today I'm just not, I'm going to do less or, you know, I'm not going to push myself or feel bad about it. And some days I get, some days I have to tell you, I do too much. And then I know that too. Same. Yeah, you can feel it, right? <laughs> yeah, sometimes I do too much. And for some people, it's, they've noticed it in stress. They're stressed out and they're like, oh my God, I did too much today. So my therapist actually had me start writing down all the things I did in a day until I saw her in two weeks. So I was amazed at how much I actually got done. And there were days when, because I was telling myself, I'm not doing enough especially when you have a physical limitation or a mental limitation like a depression or something and you think, well, I'm just not doing enough. Mm -hmm. So you write down what you did and it could be, you know, just feeding yourself breakfast, you know, but the things that you do in the day and you're like, okay, so I actually did do a lot of things today. Maybe they weren't all the things I planned on doing, but I did all of these things. So that just really helped me with my mental mindset. Yeah. Focusing on what you've done instead of what you haven't. Right. Because some days, some days I would do so, I'll do so much and my body tells me. Yes. So I'm trying, by doing that, I'm learning to space out what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And okay, so 
you didn't need to cook four things that day and also take video and photographs of all of it. Right. <laughs> that didn't need to happen. <laughs> While also cooking, not including cooking breakfast for you and your husband and doing the dishes four or five times. That all did not need to happen. Yeah. So that helped me to space things out and say, well, I mean, maybe I'll just wait and do that tomorrow. Right. Having it on paper kind of brings light to ways to change it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's another kind of underlying issue here, I feel like, because if you do have a limitation, which again, could be all of us at any given time, we deal with confidence issues because we tend to think we're the only ones navigating a business and a life with limitations and then add to it the fact that we're all isolated and doing these jobs mostly alone. So what do you recommend about that, just that confidence piece? The first thing is to realize that everyone on social media is showing the best parts of themselves. So I had to stop comparing myself to other people because I guarantee that if they turned the camera around, their kitchen's a mess too. Their hair is up in a messiest bun you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> and their trash cans are overflowing something. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. <laughs> it's not perfection. So it's, it's okay to, to, I try to show some of those imperfections now and again, because I want people to know that it's not all, you know, perfect. And so it's just, sometimes it's not, and that's okay. Most of the time it's not, right? <laughs> Most of the time it's not. Yeah. <laughs> you should see. I have my Christmas tree up. The, I did put the ornaments away yesterday. Oh, But they're same. sitting on the floor in the boxes. Same. <laughs> we have our ornaments put away, but our tree is still up. And I was going to say we're not on video right now, but you should see my hair. I did not even look in the mirror this morning. I have no idea how I look. So, <laughs> Well, I thought that I would feel more competent today if I actually put on eyebrows. Oh, there you go. I'll yeah. have you know my eyebrows are perfection right now. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that helped. <laughs> and sometimes that does help, just taking a shower and getting dressed. And like, I hardly ever dry my hair anymore, but drying, blow drying my hair and putting a curling iron through it and like putting on makeup. Sometimes that helps me just feel more confident as I show up to calls or even just sitting and working. It makes me feel more professional. Not every day. I don't do that every day, but every once in a while, that does help. Once in a while, I'll put on pants with a button. <laughs> I rarely do that. So you've got I me call there. them hard pants, but once in a while, I'll put on hard pants. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> For the most part, it's, it's morning jammies and afternoon jammies, but you know, yeah, <laughs> we're getting by. Right. So if other people are listening and they're, they have issues too with maybe confidence or any of the things we're talking about, they feel like they're alone and have limitations. What would you recommend that they do? Find support or, yeah, just what? Anything. Find support if you can. You know, not everyone has as supportive family as, as I'm very, I'm very lucky. I have a husband who supports what I'm doing and is my biggest cheerleader. And my daughters, I, I couldn't ask for better. The way that they encourage me and cheerlead for me. But I also, even with that, needed extra help. So I sought out therapy and I'm a big advocate of that. If you know other people in your community or your even your Instagram community, I have so many good friends that I've met through my Instagram account that lifelong friends, talk to them. They, they will understand. Or sometimes it's okay to adjust, be 
upset one day and your friends will understand that and talk to you, talk you through it. You know, when something bad happens for me, when I have another surgery or I had a particularly bad day at physical therapy or something, I allow myself, I just get mad. I, I might text my therapist and say, I'm just really so upset and it's not fair. And I have a not fair moment where, you know, I'm pretty much a big baby about it. Yeah. But I have people that I've built a community around me that I can talk to. I don't always. I'm not perfect. A lot of times I'll compare myself to others. I'll say, well, I don't have an ad network yet or I don't have, I wanted 50,000 followers and I don't have it. And I want this and I want that. And I don't have it. And why it's not fair. And my stuff is great. And, you know, we all go through it. Right. And so I have my family to say, mom, what you're doing is great. And my therapist to say, you know, yeah, but look at all that you've accomplished, you know? So if you can reach out to somebody. Find those people who will lift you up and remind you of all the things that you have done because everyone listening has accomplished amazing things. Everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. I think this is such an important conversation to have that we kind of tiptoe around too. Like it's such a hustle mentality in our just not even just the food blogging space, but just being an entrepreneur right now is like you need to hustle and you need to get as much stuff done as possible and if you're not doing that, then what are you doing? You know, so I think that this is really, really important to shed light on that we all have limitations, that we need to take better care of ourselves, and that that is actually going to provide us with a more fruitful business. Absolutely. And then, Cynthia, there were a few things you said early on. I didn't want to interrupt you because you were in such a flow, but I have to point these out because they're so amazing. I wrote down, you said, I was afraid, so I did it. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. Instead of like, I was afraid, but I did it anyway. You said, I was afraid, so I did it. I love that. That's so powerful. I tend to, I tend to do that. I used to be afraid. I used to procrastinate. I used to not have confidence. And so I just, the things that scared me were the things that I started to gravitate to. Just do it. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah. Someone says no, you'll never see them again. Yeah, that's so powerful. Something we can all learn from. And then one other thing you said, assume the answer is going to be yes. I do that. I'm pretty cocky. <laughs> <laughs> but you have you have done that in certain areas of your life where it has been yes, where maybe it was a little bit shocking, right? But you're like, oh, they actually said yes. And then that led to great things and opportunities and you meeting people and connecting and so many other good things. I've done so many things from after the age of 57 that I couldn't have imagined doing in my 20s or 30s. Wow. So many things because I just decided to imagine the answer was yes. And so I just did it. That's, that is so awesome. Okay. I need to meet you in person. I feel like you would be such a good person just to have an afternoon conversation with over I think we're both going to the Tastemaker conference. <gasps> You'll be a Tastemaker. I will. Awesome. Yes, I, that's another thing that was really scary for me. I've never gone away at 60. I've never gone away by myself. I used to tell the kids, I just want to get a hotel room by myself and not talk to anybody and eat room service. And they're like, ha, 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 mom. Well, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> and they were so proud of me that I did it. But I just, I mean, I have these physical limitations. I don't care. There's Uber. I'm going. Right. And my husband was like, fantastic. I booked non-refundable tickets. Oh, yes. my gosh. <laughs> 
So Yes. And to say a little bit more about that tastemaker or not just tastemaker, but any conference, it is so scary. Nobody is immune to that, by the way. Bloggers who have been blogging for a million years and have millions of page views a month, they're not immune to it. It is scary going across the country or to a new city and getting a, you know, meeting new people, walking into a space where you know nobody in person. Right. It's scary. So that is valid and real. So I just like if you can swing it, do it anyway, because it it pays off in times a million. I'm excited. I'm so excited to meet you. So I'm excited to do my first grown up trip. Yes. At 60. <laughs> oh, amazing. You'll enjoy it so much. That will be self-care for sure. And you'll come home feeling so filled up because you'll meet amazing people and have new knowledge and yes. it'll benefit you in so many ways. Yes. This is my year. Yes. <laughs> we should say that every every year, right? This, this is, is my year. year to make it happen. Yes. yes, for sure. This has been so fun. Is there anything that we've forgotten to touch on, Cynthia, that you want to talk about before we start saying goodbye? You know... If anybody wants more information on different things, hacks, organizational things that they want help with, please feel free to contact me. I've assisted a lot of people with that. Just sometimes just talking to somebody else who's going through something similar is really helpful. So like I said, I've met people that are part of my community. I'm happy to be part of your community and help you because it's scary. Whatever it is. It's your thing and it can be scary. So I'm here to help. Oh, that's such a nice offer. I love that you just put that out there. Okay, well, thank you. This truly has been such a pleasure to have this conversation with you today. So thank you. Thank you for your time today, Cynthia. We appreciate you. You bet. To end, do you have either a favorite quote or words of additional words of inspiration to share with us? I do actually. You would ask me, and I actually have two short quotes that I keep on my phone on my under my blog resources um, on my notes app. <laughs> nice. One is, I will not use moving slowly as a way of avoiding moving toward what I actually want. I can move slow and still take action. Oh. And the other is, people are happier to help than we expect. Asking isn't always a burden. It's often an opportunity to help others feel capable and useful. Seeking help is an expression of trust. Oh, those are so powerful. I love that. So those are my two favorites. Food for thought for the day for everyone. Ponder those. So we will put together show notes for you, Cynthia. If you want to go look for those, you can go to eblogtalk.com forward slash but first we brunch. Tell everyone where they can find you. I'm at butfirstwebrunch.com is my blog. And on Instagram, I'm at butfirst underscore we brunch. Okay. Go check Cynthia out, everyone. Thank you again so much for all of the Cynthia. And thank you so much for listening, food bloggers. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Eat Blog Talk. Please share this episode with a friend who would benefit from tuning in. I will see you next time. <laughs>